Good morning, church. All right, so we continue our teaching on stewardship. Uh, so this is stewardship 3.0. Amen. If uh, you've not been following us, we have all the messages on our social media platforms, especially the YouTube. I will encourage you to just uh, listen over again, and the Lord will bless you as you do so. We have said so much. We've defined what still worship is all about. Uh, the still worship in itself is a of is really still included in this life because it's very important. All right. First uh, Timothy chapter three verse six to seven, sixteen to seventeen. I beg your pardon. We said that the scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, right? Uh, we said that still worship is, uh, is, is utilizing and managing uh, all the resources that God provides for his honor and the betterment of his creation. Still worship begins with understanding that God is the giver of all things. God gave us Jesus. We know that God did not spare his son, but he freely delivered him unto us. And the Bible says, if he could do that, how can he not, with him, that's with Jesus, freely give us all things? Colossians says, Colossians 1.16 tells us that God created all things. Uh, the Passion Translation says, He created the universe of things. Everything finds completion in God. Everything finds completion in God. There is nothing that you have that has not been given to you by God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, He created all things. He is the creator of all things. Humanity, the planet, is God's idea. Everything that is in heaven and on earth and all things that are in between, whether in the land, in the air, in the sea, Everything was created by God. Yes, Genesis chapter 2 says man was formed. And God put man in the garden of Eden to take care of it. So as God's creation, we have responsibility to take care of God's things. You cannot, nobody pray to have children that will squander your resources. You want your children to grow and become responsible to take care of themselves and take care of the things that belong to you. In other words, take care of the things that you have worked for. Every man at old age, I mean, man and woman now, we want to relax and have peace and be sure that the children that they have given birth to and trained are not squandering their lives away. We are responsibility. John chapter, John chapter 3 verse 16 says, 
For God so loved the world and that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. In other words, God giving us his son was, uh, 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 was premised on his love. In other words, he loved us and then he gave us his son, redeeming us from the curse of sin and death. So you cannot love and not give. If you have the nature of God in you, you must certainly give. And so today, uh, We'll continue our teaching. Of course, we said to us last week that God is the ultimate giver. We cannot outgive God. And when we're talking about stewardship, we're talking about all of God's resources that are in your care. I don't want us to be myopic about things to say when you really say people or hear people talk about stewardship. What comes to our mind most of the time is money. But I've said to us, we've been able to establish and agree together, according to the scriptures, that there are a number of things that are within our power given to us by God. Your skills, your all of resources that God has given you. Your network is also a resources. We are to channel all of this to the betterment of mankind. But our attention today will be on giving, giving, giving our resources, giving our money, giving everything that God has given to us, to the betterment of mankind. Principle and practices, all right? You will understand that principles are almost, you, can, you can't change principles. Because they are the premise to which practices are on. When you understand a principle, you can change the practices. Which is why most people have a difficulty, let me put it that way, have difficulty in understanding the, the and have, why they have difficulty in, in understanding the subject of tithe and offering. God cannot change. God established the principles for tithing and offering. So it is in the New Testament, after Jesus Christ died, the, the principle hasn't changed, but just that the way it's going to be practiced has changed. In the Old Testament, you have the law, and the people we're giving responsibility. How many of us know that the law in the Old Testament, the Torah given to the children of Israel, were more than 110 or thereabouts? Approximately 115 or thereabouts. Beyond the Ten Commandments that we know, there are laws guiding festivals, celebrations, Passover. There are laws guiding marriage. A, a number of laws. Where, where do you think we got the idea for, for constitution come from. God. And God established the order of Melchizedek. Uh, next week, by the grace of God, we'll go f- 
fully into, into that. I just try to touch base on that. So we, when you look at the definition of practices, practices are set of, a set of subjective actions that are performed frequently and consistently premised on established principle. Practices can be changed. Before COVID, people used to have meetings. Every organization will want to meet with their employee or something. You want to meet with your uh, uh, partners or something. People have been meeting because they need to deliberate. Uh, before COVID, people used to meet physically. After COVID, people now meet online. The principles of meeting hasn't changed. But just that the way we practice our meetings now possibly have changed. Before now, you could say people should come to church for prayer meetings because it's necessary. You could say people who come to church for uh, uh, maybe believers class or something. And then there is a physical, face-to-face interaction with people. But those things haven't changed. But the practices, the way that we are doing them now has possibly changed. Now we can meet online and stuff like that. So principles are fundamental truth and established or settled rule or law governing conducts and actions. Amen. I could hear myself. Hallelujah. So when you look at the summary of the law, Jesus speaking, in the book of Matthew chapter 22 verse 34 to 40 says, and of course, Jesus has addressed some issues with the Pharisees. I, I like you to, can you lower that? I don't know where that is coming from. Amen. Please, can you just, maybe somebody's on YouTube or something, please check that feedback sound coming from somebody. Amen. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 to 40. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they called a meeting to discuss how to trap Jesus. Then one of them, a religious scholar, posed this question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is greatest? You know, these Pharisees are funny. Sometimes, when you look at the questions or the argument that they bring before Jesus, you might want to wonder, don't they think really? Before this time, they've asked Jesus, a man had a wife, he died. He married another person, he died. And then, and then, and then, they then asked Jesus, uh, so whose, whose wife will she be when they get to heaven? And Jesus looked at them and said, ah, don't you read the law that you claim to know? Most of the time, it's just about Jesus uh, dealing with their heart. What the, most of the time, the heart is the problem. Meanwhile, what they were after really is to trap Jesus. They just want to know how knowledgeable he is, and of course, Jesus will always win. Jesus will always win. So they came to Jesus to say. Okay, tell us which commandment is 
the greatest. And Jesus answered them, of course referring them to the whole testament, which he thinks they should know, and says, Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. Verse 39. And the second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Verse 40. Contained with this commandment to love, you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. We live in a world where it looks like to your tent, whole Israel. But then God has commanded us to love. To love and to give. Jesus speaking in the, I beg your pardon, in the book of 1 John, chapter 3, verse 16. By this men we know that you are my disciple. When you have love for one another. says when you see your brother in need and you, and you can help and you close your heart. So where is the love of the Father in you? You see, this is a message that we must continue to preach. The love of God was upon us to give for the betterment of our nation, our community, for the betterment of our families. There was a church in Philippi. One of the churches in the Macedonian territory. Of course, uh, I tried to, this is really small, my tab, I left it somewhere yesterday night. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 5. This was one of the churches that was founded by Paul and of course Paul was talking to the Corinthians church and he says I know that you have completion in all things but I just wish that you can like this church be able to give you can emulate their generosity if you truly love you must be able to you know give as they are given During Paul's third missionary journey, he had raised offering for the church in Jerusalem, who was at that time going through severe famine. No money, no food for the people. And so he had charged the churches to give to the need of this church. 
And so he was talking to the Corinthians church and he says, why don't you just give like this people? When you read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, verse 1, I beg your pardon, to 5. And now brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in generosity. Let me tell us about their problem. From the time this church was founded, the church of Philippi particularly, they have been under consistent persecution by the Roman government. When you read the book of Acts of, 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 of Apostles, there are references there. Go to the next slide, please. When you read Acts of Apostles, chapter 16, verse 17, and Philippians, chapter 1, verse 28, you will see reference being made to the difficulty of this particular set of believers. They were poor. They didn't have anything but yet, they were able to give. They were extremely generous. When you look at this church, you will see the outworking of God's law from them to other believers. They didn't say because we have our own problems, therefore we cannot reach out to fellow believers who had a similar problem with us. As much as God has given us the enablement to give, we will give our best. And so they acted in love towards God and to fellow believers. Because when you read further, the Bible says, it wasn't their giving that was the first thing. They gave themselves to God first. Let's read further. For I testify that they give as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own. Without being coerced. Without being forced. But they see given as a matter of responsibility. And as a service to God. Friends, believers are not supposed to be begged to give. You are not supposed to be. Uh, 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 motivated to give. You give as a matter of responsibility and service to God. It is a response of God's love towards you. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. What can you possibly give to God that will be more than what God has given to you? They gave beyond their ability. Giving must be sacrificial. This church, they first gave themselves to God. Your giving is a function of your heart. Your heart must just be in tandem with God to give. God, which is why God can reject your offering. If your giving is not, you see, God checks the motivation of your heart. 
You remember two people that wanted to give offering in the temple and Jesus was looking at them. One says, I give my tithe, I give to the poor and give a dollar. And Jesus said, you see, this one, you're on your own. I've said to us time over again that I don't believe that Cain sacrifices or offering as it were was rejected because he gave a bad one. It was because of the state of his heart. Because God had the later verses address that issue. And he says, Cain, why are you unhappy? If you have done well, will I not have accepted your sacrifices? And he gave Cain one saying, sin light at your doorstep, but you must rule over it. So more importantly is your heart towards God. Not your, no matter what you give, no matter how small or big, or whether it is even average, it doesn't matter. God wants your heart first. Look at this church in Philippi. They first gave their heart to God. God wants you first for your substance. He wants us to give him something that is pure. Not stolen money. Not stolen ideas. Not dirty money that is that is a proceed from corruption. No. God does not want it. He wants your heart. Because once your heart is right, your giving will be right and he will accept it. They gave beyond their ability. Given must be sacrificial. David, that we all love, that God loves, wanted to give sacrifices to God. He wanted to give an offering to God. And around I was offered him the land to which he wants, to, a piece of land to which he wants to build an altar for the Lord for free. First Samuel, second Samuel 24, 24. It's a long story. The people were plagued and stuff like that. He just go there and read. And David said, I will not give that to God which cost me nothing. God doesn't want your leftover. Whether it is in giving of your offering or your tithe or in giving to others, give them your best. You want to give out clothes or something? Don't give the bad ones. You want to give food? Don't give out the one that is, that is sour. Even in your service at your workplace, don't give a don't give what is average you are not supposed to be a mediocre when whatsoever is you are giving is is average then it's it's only a reflection you are only giving a reflection of your personality isn't it give your best your employer to your community in your service to God you are singing your whatever department that you have found yourself in welfare 
give yourself to God first. God is not really going to judge you by how much you give, but more importantly is your heart. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. They first gave themselves to the Lord. The love of God is key. This should be our response to salvation. And they acted in obedience to God's will. There are so many things that possibly lessons that the Lord will help you to see when you read and study this on your own. But I want you to study the the Christians in the Philippi church in the Macedonian province. Province, I beg your pardon. As we conclude, what we give is not as important as why and how we give. God does not want us to give gift grudgingly. Instead, he wants us to give as these believers out of dedication to God and to their fellow friends. First John 3.16 By this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But, but whoever asks the world's goods and sees his brothers in needs and shut up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Whosoever, this is really tiny, but whoever asks world's goods and sees his brother in need, and shuts his heart. How does the love of the Father lives in you? Finally, given is an outworking, an outpouring of God's love that you have experienced. Given is an outworking of God's love that you have experienced. Have you enjoyed the grace of God? Please be gracious to people. Have you experienced the forgiveness of God? Please forgive others. Jesus is interceding for you. Why don't you pray for others? Jesus has given us a shoulder to lean on. Be a shoulder for someone. Give your best. Give your best words. Let your words be gracious. Do you know that just talking to people and encouraging them is also a form of giving? Does your word build people up or it tears them down? What do you do with all that God has given to you. Have you enjoyed abundance? 
Why don't you look around you and see and attend to people who don't have anything? Last night, something gripped my heart so bad. I, I, I went out to work and for some reason I went to, to another place. And I couldn't return back to the site to take my car until about 10 p.m. in the night, past 10. And I got to, my, to the site and the security who had my khaki had gone home. And uh, they've gotten food for me because I've not eaten all day. And they left the food with the other engineer that was being in the car. And so I couldn't reach it. And one of the things, in fact, the first thing that came to my mind is this. I know possibly someone hasn't eaten for the day. And I had the food in my car that was going to get sour just in a matter of hours. Bear people in mind. That's where we are here. That's service to God. Looking for ways that people's lives can be better. Uh, of course, I understand these complexities of man, but can we stop doing good? No, we cannot. And be rest assured, like we have said in previous teachings, God rewards every steward. You must expect a bountiful reward. We read from the story of the king who gave out talent to his disciples, uh, to his uh, servants, and uh, says when the servant came back, the one that had performed well was bountifully rewarded. God is not unjust. Your labor of love shall be duly rewarded. Can we bow our heads to pray? Father Lord, we just thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for reminding us again the importance of giving. Thank you for bringing to our minds yet again that it was that you established giving and telling us and reminding us how much grace that we have received from you through the death and resurrection of your dear son Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. Lord, we want to love, we want to give give our best at all times. We want to serve you. We want to make the world that we live in a better place. We want to give you a seed, an offering that is pure, that which will be acceptable to you. Help us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, glorious Father. In Jesus' almighty name we have prayed. Amen.